You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Last week we left the 12th chapter of Shabbat, which deals, among other things, with writing. And this week we're going to move into the 13th chapter, which deals with clothes, or with making clothes on Shabbat. Now we've seen this Mishnah before actually in the seventh chapter and maybe it's useful just to flick back to the seventh chapter to remind ourselves the um, we had a um, we had a description of the 39 Avmalachot the 39 archetypal um, activities that make us liable for work on Shabbat and in the in the seventh chapter it it enumerates them right in the middle of all the material on right in the material in the middle of all the material on carrying actually the Mishnah goes off on a segue with some generalizations and one of the generalizations it brings is the if you like the statement of, of the 39 Malachot Hang on a second while I just flick through this source sheet to find it. Um, it's, Mish- it's the second Mishnah in the seventh chapter. Here we are. The primary labors are 40 less one. Avot Malacha Arbaim Chaser Echad, 39 or 40 less one. And they're grouped in this Mishnah into three groups. The first group to do with baking. So we're going to start with sowing and then go through plowing and reaping and binding and threshing and grinding right the way through to baking. The second group is to do with making clothes. And the Mishnah is very precise here. We're going to start with shearing wool. So we're going to start right at the beginning with with shearing wool and then combing it and bleaching it and dyeing it. And then we're going to weave it. So the Mishnah says, Someone who makes two loops. Someone who weaves two threads. Someone who divides two threads. The minimum critical quantity is going to be two threads. That's the Mishnah in the seventh chapter. And then after dealing with the group of activities to do with making clothes, we deal with another act, group of activities to do with writing. And in fact, hunting is hunting a deer and slaughtering. It is preparatory to making the hide and being used to write. And so we'll see that in the seventh chapter, the act of catching a deer is something to do with writing rather than to do with making clothes. And we'll see in the 13th chapter that the, the taxonomy is slightly different. But let's hold on to the idea that in the seventh chapter, two threads are the critical quantity. And now let's jump back to our Mishnah in chapter 13. And Rabbi Eliezer says, Ha'oreg shloshachutim, someone who weaves three threads, at the beginning, v'achat al-ha'arig, someone who weaves three threads at the beginning of a garment, or one on cloth which is already woven, is liable. So Rabbi Eliezer has a different, he's got a different version of the halacha, a different version of the Mishnah. V'chachamim omrim, and the sages say, Bein batchila, bein basof, 
Whether it's at the beginning or whether it's at the end, the measure is two threads. So we're seeing here two opinions, of which the final one, the view of the Chachamim, made it through into the Mishnah in, in chapter 7. The critical quantity is two. The critical quantity is two. Whatever we're going to do two of. So what are we going to do two of? Well, the Mishnah continues. Someone who makes two batenirin. And it's always translated as loops. But what are these nirin? And um, Kahati says that the nirun is a Greek word which refers to a thread, but also refers to a beam around the loom. And here's a picture which I found for you in, um, actually, this is in the Steinsalz Schass. So if on the corners of the Steinsalz Schass, there are some lovely pictures of kind of life in the time of the Mishnah. And he has a picture of a beam on the end of a loom. We need to imagine a loom as a construction with essentially at, at least two beams on each side, on each end of the cloth. And we'd, we've got the warp and the weft. The warp are the fixed uh, the fixed threads that are uh, the, the warp are fixed threads that are going to be tied to these beams and the weft are the cross threads that, that go in and out and in a sophisticated loom actually we, we would double these up I, maybe next time we can bring some pictures of wombs in the time of the Mishnah but this Mishnah seems to be referring to putting two loops of thread on these beams. So in other words, we're creating two threads of warp on the loom. That's the minimal quantity which the Mishnah is talking about. Someone who's making two loops on the warp. Bakheros. Either on the... Um, it could be on, on the cross pieces or the keros. The keros... There are lots of different translations for keros, but it seems to be something that you slip in between the 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 between the threads of the warp in order to tighten up the weft. It's a it's a it's a, a big piece of wood that we're going to slide in after we've threaded the weft through in order to tight to push everything down to tighten it all up on the warp. Banafa. So we might make two loops on a on a on a sifter, actually. So now we're not weaving at all in a loom. We're weaving, we're repairing a sifter. Or a kavra or a sieve. Or a sal or a basket. So these are all different situations where we might be making two, we might be making loops. There's a, a, a loom, a sifter, a sieve, or a basket. But the measure is the same. Two loops obliges us to bring a sin offering. And the general case is and someone who who um, sews two stitches is also going to be and someone who sews two stitches and someone who tears in order to sew two stitches. Mishnah then, then I brought you by the way the 
I mean, I, I brought you the, the definition of Jastro of the Kairos. He calls it a row of slips or thrums in the loom. But I'm not sure. I, I mean, it's the, the Kairos is a difficult word to translate. And I brought you Jastro. I'm not sure it helps very much. The Mishnah continues. Someone who tears in anger. So now this is not someone who's tearing in order to create something, but who's tearing in anger, who's who's in a burst of anger. Someone who tears in his anger or for his dead. Anyone who damages are exempt. Damage is not considered creative activity on Shabbat. But if you damage in order to repair, the measure is as for repairing. And that's a general principle. So when we learned, for example, the halakha of erasing, we learned that the act of creativity on Shabbat is to erase in order to write two letters. It's not to erase for the sake of erasing. And interestingly, the Rambam comes back with a different view. The Rambam has a view that there is some creative act in destruction. That he says, look, the halakha is that someone who tears in anger or because of a dead person whom he's obliged to tear for. So sometimes we're obliged to, if we're in the presence of, uh, 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 if we're in the presence of someone who's dying, we're obliged to tear for them. So the Rambam says, Chayav, we are obligated. Because someone who's tearing in these situations, his mind is settled. And I, I've translated this as his emotion is moderated. His emotion is um, uh, to be made lukewarm. His emotion is moderated by the tearing. And the Rambam says, And this is similar to repair. And it's interesting that the Rambam is a physician, but he does seem to have a psychological view on um, he's got a psychological view on the potential for repair of these acts and he seems to connect the tearing that we do um, to fulfill a mitzvah when we're in a, at a particularly emotional moment and the tearing that you know we might do in anger he, he seems to recognize that a physical act can create emotional healing and that's a significant comment on this Mishnah. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.